Welcome to Didn't See It Coming, the podcast about brands that learn from the past, look to the future, and profit today. I'm your host, Mark Stoiber. A while ago, I was in Costco, as we all do go every once in a while, and I saw something that caught my eye. It was a, an entire display of McCafe coffee pods. So you could go and buy McDonald's coffee in Costco, which kind of floored me. Now, for most of you, that probably is no big whoop, but I, I used to work on McDonald's. I worked on McDonald's for five, six years, I think, when I was working in advertising. And uh, this was a pretty huge step to have other people selling McDonald's coffee not that you're going into McDonald's to drink whatever coffee they have. And I, I, I'm just curious about this because it was a big deal when uh, I was working on McDonald's. So I, I went and I hunted down Brad Gamble, who is a friend of mine, and, uh, and, and I have him here in front of me. I got him over to Victoria where I live and he's working here for the day. And I wanted to grab him and I wanted to talk to him about McCafe in addition to catching up on about 500 other things that we haven't caught up on. So welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Nice to be here. Nice so, to see you. Yeah. Now, we're not going to talk about all the other stuff that we talked about because oh, okay. been there, done that. But um, not I... Not Coachella? You don't want... No, no, we're not going to talk about Coachella. Exactly. But I, I want to talk about McDonald's. Um, is, this a, is this a surprise that, that McDonald's no. is selling? No? No, not in the least. Not in the it's least. A, you know, it's a market share battle and their goal is to get coffee into the mouths of every Canadian consumer that they can or every consumer that's feasible. Yeah. Tim Hortons was there. Yeah, Tim Hortons is there. But you know what, what catches me as a brand guy is that there's, there's a, a fundamental disconnect between uh, something like McDonald's and then saying, I'm going to take McDonald's coffee home with me, knowing maybe I'm too deep into McDonald's. I grew up on McDonald's, you know? You and I both worked on McDonald's a long time. But I just find that there's this disconnect that people would go, I'm going to take McDonald's coffee home with me on purpose, not just because I'm having an Egg McMuffin. I don't see the disconnect at all. Because no? if people love the coffee, which people say they do, then all we're doing is making it more available for them at their favorite shopping locations. That's all we're doing. And expanding the brand yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, farther. Now let's go back because <clears throat> I want to go back to the days. You and I were working on McDonald's together. You as the... As as the chief marketing officer for McDonald's, and I was working as, as a writer and, and creative director. And uh, I remember back in the day when we were working together, there was uh, this, this big deal. We were, we were talking about, you know, we're bringing up the quality of the food, we're bringing up the quality of everything, but the coffee is the sticking point. And talk to me about the evolution of McDonald's coffee, because it, it, wasn't, it isn't just like, oh, we're gonna fix the coffee, and then it was fixed. Okay, evolution, that's an interesting question. Um, it really came down to paying more attention to it. Yeah. yeah well, a couple of things. One, paying more attention to it, i.e., you know, spending the time ensuring that it's fresh. Um, and then it also came down to really making something that was compatible to what consumers wanted. So things like uh, higher percentage of cream, mm -hmm. um, a different coffee that we were using, a better cup, um, more portion controls with what we were doing. Um, and all those things, I think probably of all those things, the biggest, the biggest changes we made was an operational push to really take care of it, you know, mm -hmm. clean, make sure everything's clean all the time, make sure it's only being percolated for, I can't remember how long, what the timing was now, it's been too many years since I've been in that, 
And then the big, big breakthrough probably for us was having a portable cup that would keep the coffee warm. I didn't even notice that. That was a, that was a thing. I didn't even realize oh, that, that cup, was a That cup took us, <clears throat> excuse me, probably a good year, a year and a half to finally get it figured out, what, you know, make it work. How much of this, how much of this is brand? Because I know that Starbucks has a, a great cup of coffee. I love Starbucks coffee. I love McDonald's coffee, surprisingly enough, because it was always the one thing. It always tasted like mechanics coffee. And then suddenly you have it and you go, oh, wait a minute. But how much of it is the brand? You, you put it in the McCafe, you, you dress it up, you have a nicer looking restaurant. How much of it is that? Well, I would say a ton. Yeah. A ton. The halo, the halo would be huge. Really, so, really huge. So people walking in going, wow, look at that. They have cappuccino, espresso, mocha. They have all those things. It must, it must taste decent. Agreed. But the other thing we did too, the fourth thing I guess we did was we actually started telling people about the coffee. We never really ever talked about it before. We never talked about you know, it. We always got good scores on our coffee, but we never ever told people what did we do that was different. Or, you know. And so between doing that and then recognizing that we needed to get it into, because of all the changes we made, get it into people's mouths. The big thing we did was start to do the coffee giveaway, which we ran. I was still working for the company at the time when we did it. Um, we ran, I think initially it was like two weeks or three weeks. Mm -hmm. And you could come in, you could get a free, a free coffee. Yeah. And that really, really, really started to expand market share for coffee and breakfast as well. And part of that was all about ensuring that we were hanging on to the breakfast day part because we had a major competitor who was coming in with breakfast. Yeah. Right? And we wanted to ensure that we were protecting our own um, customer base. I, I'm, I'm going to ask you something that's totally uh, out of out of tune with this, but somehow in tune. A and W is coming in with these amazing breakfast sandwiches now, the the meatless ones. I, and I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a sausage egg McMuffin guy, but they're really good. Um, now, is this uh, is this the next evolution? Could McDonald's now be moving towards a healthier thing? I mean, I remember when I was working with you and we introduced wraps. And I was like, wow, this is really good. McDonald's is going healthy. And then I checked the calorie count. <laughs> I'm like, they got more calories than a Big Mac, these things. Uh, but could this be a, a, a next step? Is, this, is McDonald's, you think, uh, looking at it now, you haven't been in the business in a while, but could this be McDonald's getting a little more nimble and pushing forward into new things a little bit quicker? I think they have to. Yeah. Uh, because everyone seems to be, more and more people seem to be going into vegetarian options mm -hmm. um, and that new meatless burger that's come out is phenomenal I had one the other day at one of the at a vegetarian place on Main mm -hmm. Street in Vancouver and the, the quality of it the taste of it was fantastic yeah so if they don't do something like that um, I don't see how they can sustain growth you yeah. know be between you know wanting to have a healthier product is one and then be recognizing what cattle grazing and all that does to the climate and I don't know a lot about that but there are young people that I know that I hang out with talk about that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. And so they're making consumer choices based on their values, which are values about how do we protect the environment, how do we protect the climate, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, let's go, I, I remember we, we had something that was a hot potato when you and I were working on the business. Um, McDonald's had decided they were gonna settle the globe. They were gonna take over the world. And I remember they had restaurants everywhere and it worked for a long time. And then what we found was that the core had rotted out. That is, in North America, same store sales were going down. And I think this might have, do you think that this was the start of it? Where they said, you know what, we got to get game and we got to get good in our own stores oh, yeah. as opposed to trying to keep opening new stores in, <clears throat> in Taipei and Hong Kong. 
Yeah, I think it's a really interesting uh, case. It'll be a really interesting case study, right? Because mm -hmm. you have a senior management team that's thinking, you know, we have all this growth potential, so we're going to grow, 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 grow. And by growing, I, I remember even in Canada, or when, at that time, I think when this, some of the changes occurred, I was still in Western Canada. We would, we would see our overall sales growth 10, 12, 13, 14%, but that was all fueled by new store openings versus same store sales, and same store sales were not doing very well at, at all, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the recognition was we need to stop putting our efforts and resources against growing, still grow markets, but not the same aggressive level that we were, um, and let's focus on our existing store count, see what we need to do to make it better through menu, through operational changes, through store redesign, all those kinds of things. And that has had a real, real positive impact, certainly on the, on the restaurant sales overall. Now, if you go, um, I remember for a while, McDonald's also, when, when we brought in uh, new menu items, tried out new menu items, we had, uh, we had chefs and we would play up these chefs. Do you think that there's also maybe uh, raising the food quality thing that might be happening? You know, because you, I'm looking at Rob Feeney going to say uh, Cactus, Club. Cactus Club. So here's this celebrity chef, Iron Chef, and he goes to the Cactus Club, which is, you know, one step above quick serve, but it's still, it's comfort food. Mm -hmm. uh, do you think that there, this is possible or is that a brand step too far? Is that going to take us outside the zone and make people freak out? Well, they actually have done chef stuff before and it didn't really work. Didn't catch, did it? Yeah. No, I think, I think personally, I think it's way more just about being able to really stand behind quality, quality, quality ingredients um, and also being able to cater to what the market needs are, which, you know, McDonald's always does that, but they're a little, because of the size of them, I think, they're a little slow to, that's probably the biggest danger they have is not being able to adjust and adapt as quickly as they need to to meet the market need. Because I think the sea change, a sea change will happen, mm -hmm. you know, because of social media and because the influence of change is happening so quickly now in the younger And we demand new stuff. <clears throat> we demand it now, we demand it yesterday. Because I'm amazed at even just younger people, how they are not going to the Starbucks of the world, right? Like their, their choices for where they go and buy are so values-based and so values-driven that that's a new phenomena. Yeah. Before it was all about me, you know, and I need a quick, bit of food so I just go to McDonald's now it's like okay yeah I want I'm hungry but I'm not gonna go I'm choosing who I go to based on what are they offering is it vegetarian as a start what are their values are they you know how are they cultivating the product they're doing how do they treat their employees it's it's a fascinating time really it's fascinating. crazy um if you know you just said McDonald's is gonna be challenged because they got to change quick now a lot of big companies have taken to acquiring small companies you know, like when Burt's Bees was acquired or when Stonyfield Farms yogurt was acquired by the big packaged goods companies. Do you think that that would be a viable step for McDonald's to go out and say they start, they start buying up artisan restaurants? Could that, is that, well, they did is that, that, is that, is that just weird? They did that before, yeah. right? Um, and then I think they found themselves too many irons in the fire. Yeah. Um, I th you know, one of, the, one of the strengths of McDonald's, having said that, you know, they, they're, they're, even though they're size, they're, it always blew my mind how nimble they can be if they put their mind to it. And the most recent big thing that I read about recently that they've done is bought this data company, right? So that they can have a better understanding of who their clientele are and what their needs are. And I think where they're going to go with that is they will know when you're coming to the store and they will have your order ready for you before you even order based on historical um, Get out of here. Buying pattern. Sure, well, you could do that easily. Well, easily nowadays. And Amazon. Because, because you, 
people are pretty routine in what they buy. You yeah. Know, yeah. You know, you know, they, they well, talk I haven't changed. Buying. I haven't changed off Big Mac yeah. since I was 12. So, so the chance of you changing your ID, you're, you're changing what you want when you come in is pretty slim. So if they knew you were coming through some form of a digital... Like know, a GPS thing. GPS thing. thing. Yeah. They could have your order already. Here you go, Mark. Here's your... That's burner. nuts. And I can't remember what they spent for this on this company, but I thought it was really, really smart and they did that. So they're getting into the... You know, they should be into the data. They should be more of a data-driven company. So they're recognizing they need to be more specific to and be more individual to marketing to people versus mass, mass, mass. I mean, the days of one-size-fits-all are long gone. I think this new burger patty that's come out, not burger yeah. patty, the new patty that's, I can't remember what it's called, the new patty that's come out is going to revolutionize um, the industry. The industry. Well, be, all I know is like, I love sausage egg McMuffins. I haven't tried the burger one, but I tried the, the morning one. And I'm like, this is nuts, man. This is a game changer. Because I'm not, I don't, I've had the Eve's veggie dogs and stuff like that. And I always go, why do the vegetarians try to dress up vegetarian as a hot dog? You know? But this one, I go, it actually tastes Better. Well, you should try their. I haven't had their vegetarian burger yet, but it's supposed to be phenomenal. That's crazy. It's phenomenal. That's crazy. So, uh, closing thoughts: McDonald's way of the future. Data selling their coffee, which totally floored me, still floors me. Selling their coffee in Costco. People going in another place to buy coffee from a quick serve restaurant. I know Tim Hortons does it, but I, I, I kind of think it's just because I worked on McDonald's. I go, I can't believe it because we had so much trouble for so many years bringing the coffee up, and now mm. people are going to a grocery store to buy their coffee. Closing thoughts, future predictions, watch out for? Oh, I think they'll morph their menu. I think they will change their menu considerably to be able to meet market demand. Really? And, yeah, and I could see them having Because I, I can't get over, I can't get over the idea of, you know, like, the big. it seems to me like a habit place. It seems to me like McDonald's is Big Mac and Sausage Egg McMuffin forever. But... You're talking about buying a company, and I know this company that's this new company that's created this patty is worth I can't remember what it's worth, phenomenal amount of money. It's just taken off on the stock exchange. That would be a logical thing. That would be a smart thing for them to buy. Yeah, they could buy it, then they could contain it, they own it, they could just use it for their restaurants. And then when when they need more business, they could then start selling to other restaurants. That would be brilliant. And then they could expand their whole product line around that kind of an offering. And then I think you'd see it. Then I think you'd see customer taste changes, changes. You know, the big challenge I think they have is. Can they, as a brand, actually reconnect with youth? Yeah. And I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure they can because it, the industry is changing so quickly. Uh -huh. Like you look at restaurants that even you go to, right? There's so many different variations out there, right? And they're all, many of them are really, really cool. Mm -hmm. They may not last that long because there's some else new thing comes up, right? And right. you got a, a brand of 36,000 restaurants. That's hard to change. You've been listening to Didn't See It Coming. The show about brands that learn from the past, look to the future, and profit today. I'm your host, Mark Stoiber. If you'd like to talk about brands, drop me a line. I'd love to hear your ideas.